Welcome to the latest episode of The Jack's Current, a podcast developed by Jack's USA, Northeast Florida's economic development organization. I'm Tina Worth, specializing in workforce development, and I'm here with my co-host, Broderick Green, who leads business development in the IT, health, and life sciences sectors. Hey, Broderick. Hi, Hi, Tina. How are you doing? Great. In this podcast, we talk with local leaders about what makes our community so special and share some of our more memorable job announcements and corporate commitments in the region. Today, we're going to be talking about a recent expansion announcement that means great things for Putnam County and Northeast Florida being the right choice. That's right, Tina. Today, we're very happy to have uh, Terry Hathaway as our guest. Terry is the public affairs manager at Georgia Pacific. He has been with the company for more than 20 years. We also have uh, a colleague with us in the economic development business, Brian Bergen, vice president of economic development for the Putnam County Chamber of Commerce. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us, Broderick. Great to be here. Been looking forward to it. So today we're going to talk about a great expansion that's happening in Putnam County, just to the southwest part of our region. Georgia Pacific is the biggest employer there, about 850 people, and over the past 10 years has invested more than $300 million into that plant. In June, they announced a $400 million investment in their paper mill in Palatka that will be used to build a new paper machine with new technology that will boost the Georgia Pacific tissue and towel business. Upgrading the plant will create an additional 80 full-time jobs once completed in 2019. Terry, I'll start with you. Uh, Georgia Pacific has mills in other states. Why did the company decide to invest in expanding their footprint in Northeast Florida versus somewhere else in a different state? This is a question that I get an awful lot. Sometimes I'm tempted to say, well, they just put up a map and throw darts. But (laughs) really, everybody realizes that companies like Georgia Pacific compete against other companies, uh, in our case, like Procter and Gamble and these others that make the competing products, they don't realize that we compete mill to mill within the company. There are probably within Georgia Pacific's consumer products group, 12 paper mills, very large mills like the one in Palatka. And our executives in Atlanta look at this as a system and they say, what do we need where? You've got to look at basic things like access to raw material at a good price and a good labor market and access to customers and markets and so forth. But then they start looking at more very specific things like how well has this mill performed over the years? How good is its, uh, is its employee base? How safe do they work? We have to earn the investment from the corporation and because they've got a lot of places they can go with the money, but uh, our local management and our employees have to make the place worthy of the company investing in it. And that's how the decisions are made. It's a long process with an awful lot of details, more than I can even begin to imagine. I guess we'll save that for the three-hour podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Brian, this is a huge investment for Putnam County and its people. Can you tell us um, what it means for the county and the impact the plant plays in the region overall? This plant plays an enormous impact in the region. Obviously, make sure that the plant stays in the region is one of the most important things. This investment ensures that this plant will be here for the next 20 years and hopefully the next 70 years, which Georgia... Pacific just celebrated in the Palatka Mill this year. It's their 70th year in Northeast Florida. So very exciting year for this type of an announcement. Obviously, you know, for the county, it creates more tax base. The more investment that the plant has, the more taxes we get from, from Georgia Pacific, which is important for the community and helps with the county commission 
in their operations, which, you know, Putnam County this year is a little bit of a tight year for them. The impact also, UF just did a, an economic impact study for Georgia Pacific. This mill um, actually impacts 11,000 jobs in Florida. I know it's hard to absorb um, that <laughs> number a, yeah, from one, one operation, yeah. but if you really think about everything that goes into making pulp and paper, I mean, it, it's a large undertaking. And they also add over a billion dollars to the Florida economy. Just this one plant is $1 billion to the Florida economy. Florida as a whole, it's a very important plant to keep as well. And their wages and compensation, obviously, is one of the things that we focus on. Over $643 million in in this region of Florida is what this plant does for the state of Florida. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable, actually. It is. <laughs> we. Th- I don't want to get into Brian's territory here. He's the professional at it. But I've learned from Brian and his colleagues about the direct impact, the indirect impact, and the induced impact of economics. And, for example, with the the 850 jobs, each each job at the mill creates another three to four jobs in the community. Mm -hmm. Some people Mm -hmm. use higher multiplier, but there are at least three to four jobs created in the community for everyone in the mill. That is the way uh, the impact of the the economic impact really works. It just spreads. So Georgia Pacific is starting an advanced manufacturing academy in each of the three Putnam County high schools to try to address sort of the skills gaps that exist for the industry there. I'd like both of you to talk about the academy and the role you think it's going to play going forward for Georgia Pacific in the county. We don't have three hours for this because this is my favorite topic. Okay. This is one of my oh, one of my favorite, my favorite topics. Topic. I have been uh, so happy to see the Putnam County School System grab onto this. We went to them and said, look, we need the high schools to begin to help us once again bring high school graduates into the mill. We want to keep them here in the community. Not not everybody has to go to college. I'm 64 years old. All my life I was told, if you're going to be anybody, you've got to go to college. Well, there are great careers in manufacturing that don't require college degrees, excellent careers that make very good money and raise families. We have generations of them, who literally generations of them, who've, who've worked in the mill. So our school system and our school superintendent, shout out to uh, Rick Surrency, he's great. He not only said yes to this, he prioritized it, said, yes, we're going to do this. This is the first year that the that Florida education system has offered advanced manufacturing as a, a curriculum framework within the school systems. They took it on and those classes are now being being held and we're still we're working with them to to put in laboratory equipment so they can the students can go in and work with equipment like they would work with it in the mill. The way things used to work, if I was a kid at Palaka High School, I'd graduate and my father would know somebody in management or in the union. And if I wanted to go to work at the mill, they'd get me a job. I'd walk around behind somebody following them for a few years, figure out what was going on, and eventually I'd work into a good career job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way today. The technology that we're operating with is so much more 
advanced. You cannot just come out of high school now and go into a into a modern day manufacturing facility and know what you're doing. We're moving from having people who are machine operators to having employees who are technicians. That's the big move we've got to make right now is from operator to technician and that requires more training and more skill. Now we can train young people to do it right out of high school or after two year certificate programs and those sorts of things, but we don't have the infrastructure in place to do that. That's why this program is so great, is it puts that infrastructure back into the local neighborhood so we can provide that to local residents and keep them at home in the county if that's where they want to stay. And it doesn't just benefit Georgia Pacific, even though your generous donation, which Terry failed to mention, has helped pay for this project (laughs) in the high school. But it also benefits other companies in the region as well, and and specifically Putnam County. Those skills that they learn in this program are transferable job to job and company to company. Uh, That's an enormous asset for us to have in the community. Getting the high school and the local college working together has really made this program um, a lot more high impact for us. Well, you speak to actually what is one of the largest sectors of growth in the Florida economy, which are these middle skill jobs. And it's sort of this space where four-year college isn't needed, but more than just high school is. And so you're embedding within the high school this hands-on experience. Are the young people getting some kind of an industry certification along with that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, uh, what we hope to see happen is that with the class of 2020, that will be the first opportunity that uh, we'll have to see a young person, man or woman, graduate from high school in Putnam County with a high school diploma and a certified production technician that's certificate. That's awesome. Wow. Now, will, will they do that? I don't know. Will they be able to make Because that's a tough test. And the program is just getting started. Maybe it's going to take us a while to grow into it, but that's the first year it's possible. And then we're also working, as Brian mentioned, with uh, St. John's River State College at our campus in Palaka, as well as the campus in uh, Orange Park. They're putting in other training facilities so that there will be a place for those who are graduates to continue their studies there and maybe get that certification program. So again, it's adding to that infrastructure that makes it possible for a person who has already graduated from school or got a GD, GED and now decides, I need to do something serious with my life and what can I do? Well, there's a program there that could get you trained so that you're, you're certified. The term that we use is qualified entry-level candidates. We have a lot of candidates, but very few are qualified for entry-level work. And this is part of one of the unglamour parts of economic development that often goes unnoticed is workforce. Uh, Workforce is probably one of the most important components, but one that is often overlooked, as you often know, Terry. (laughs) Absolutely. We love our partners at St. John's River State College, so it's great to hear about that. Um, Certainly our other state college in the region is terrific as well. So you've just walked right into uh, my final question on this particular topic. A strong partnership is is an evolving thing, and we know that some of the listeners to this podcast are in other communities, are evaluating other communities. Can you take a moment to talk a little bit about advice you might offer on how to create and maintain a long-lasting public-private partnership? Um, I think that the most important part of that is dialogue. Simply when Georgia Pacific um, sat down and said, hey, we're looking at putting this project in Putnam County, we knew we weren't the only county being looked at. And a big part of that was finding out what their needs were, what their criteria were for 
placing this project in a Georgia Pacific mill. And so we just had a very good dialogue. I think that uh, we talked with Atlanta several times, and as the project progressed a little bit higher up the food chain, we just kept having the dialogues. And, and that's the most important part. In economic development, sometimes we like to talk more than we listen. Um, but listening is absolutely the most important part of developing those partnerships with your, your companies that are part of your community. We have as a part of our company philosophy, and I questioned this at first because I said everybody says this, that we're going to be a component of the community and we're going to help the community become better and stronger because when that happens, we become better and stronger. And I, I doubted that and said, okay, what, what are we really doing? And then I got the opportunity to work on contributions programs for GP. I work with all of the outside, the schools, the elected officials, all of the community. And, uh, and I've seen how working with them has given me the opportunity to see places where we could fit in, where we could bring in uh, representatives from the company to uh, speak to classes, to, uh, to participate in programs at the college. Being involved as a company with the community on an ongoing basis and then finding out where the fits are, that's, that's the way you create that long-term relationship. And you just build on that over the years. Terry, Brian, this has been great. Thank you both for being here. Before we let you go, we always like to end each podcast with a fun question that really highlights something unknown about each of our guests. And so I hope you're ready. Um, so the question I have for you is, in your life, what has been your favorite age so far? Oh, for me, I'm 64, and it's right now. Hey, that's I, a great answer. I, uh, I've told people more very recently, I've told people that I, I'm, I feel like I'm doing better work now than I've ever done before, more fulfilling and rewarding work, and I'm, I'm having a great time. That's awesome. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I've been very fortunate in my life to have some you know, very good career and very, very good jobs. In the past 24 months in Putnam County, I guess I'm just in the seat at the right time, but we've had almost a billion dollars invested in the county in the last 24 months uh, with this project and a few other projects that have come along. The last 24 months have been very fun for me. Uh, when I first moved into rural Florida, and you could see me doing air quotes <laughs> that I'm doing right now, which you can't see on the radio, um, people are like, oh, well, you, you moved from a large metropolitan area. Are you sure you want to live in a rural area? And I'm like, absolutely. This is the best place and the most fun place to do economic development and do what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm having a good time. Well, great. Well, gentlemen, thanks again for joining us and uh, giving us some, some valuable insight into this project that's very important to our region. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Jack's Current, a personal and program note. By the time our listeners will hear this, my co-host, Broderick, will have left the Jack's USA family for a great opportunity out of market. Thank you for being a great co-host and a great friend. Thank you very much. It's been a great ride, and I uh, look forward to listening in. <laughs> Plan to join us next month, and remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Broderick will be from his new home, and until next time. <laughs>